0: It is good to be in the house of the Lord with you. Uh, you know, I got to thinking about the goodness of God, and I shared this morning with some of the gentlemen in my office, and how big God is, and, and that we, we don't understand everything about God. And, and God amazes me sometimes. I mean, just it just it blows me out of the water, the, the vastness and the bigness of God. And so as we were traveling this last week, we had left this good old state of Mississippi and Arkansas. And we were traveling across some of the most boring country God ever put on the planet. You've seen the first mile of Oklahoma after Oklahoma City. You've seen the last. You go up through the deserts of, of, of Texas and New Mexico and you think, dear God. I know why you have this. It's just to hold two pieces together. That's the only purpose. I mean, there's nothing there. You know, you'd see a cow every, I don't know, they say about every 20 acres out there takes to, one cow needs about 20 acres. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, you know, land must be cheap. But I got to thinking as we were traveling down the road and my wife was a driving and I got prayed through. Um, <clears throat> some of y'all get, no, she's a good driver. And I'll tell you the story about us almost going to jail in Oklahoma City Thursday night. But that's a different story. God's faithful. And he <laughs> don't lie. So we were driving out there. And, and the thought hit me. I told my wife. I said, do you know, this whole earth was flooded at one time. I'm not just talking about from Mississippi to where we were in Texas. I'm talking about the whole earth. And it got me thinking because sometimes I think. And sometimes it's crazy thoughts, but this was a pretty good thought. So I got to thinking: the whole earth was covered with water. Well, what's the highest point in the world? Well, that's Mount Everest. Does anybody know how high it is? You know, but you sit in my office. Twenty-nine thousand and twenty-nine feet. That's how the highest peak in the world, that's what's been measured, 29,029 feet. And I thought, wait a minute, the whole earth was covered with water. I mean, we're going across some places, and there's some pretty deep canyons. I mean, look like a quarter of a mile deep, and we're up in you know, 13,000 feet in different places, and all that's covered, and I think that's a lot of water. But 29,029 feet, this earth was covered with water. So that got me to thinking. Now, we know that the Bible says it rained that much in 40 days and 40 nights, right? So if you do the math and you start breaking that down, how much rain happened in a day? 700 and some odd feet, 725 feet. I believe my math is I'm going back in my head correctly. 725 feet. And I thought, well, that's a lot of rain. And then you keep breaking that down. Uh, that's about 30 feet an hour. And then you break that on down. That's about, that's about six inches a minute. You say, well, that's not too bad. Think about this. That's six inches a minute. I always thought when they were, because I had a picture Bible when I was growing up, Stacy, I bet your dad showed you his picture Bible maybe. He said, got a picture Bible. You can look at the pictures of those main stories. And I remember in the family Bible, one of the main pictures in this was the people trying to get on the ark. You, you may have seen that picture in there? And I thought, oh, man, that's kind of, yeah, look at that. But that's not the way it happened at all. At six inches a minute... In three minutes, that's 18 inches. In six minutes, that's 36 inches. What I'm trying to tell you is when it started raining, it started coming up now, not like we've had in the last few weeks. But I'm talking about it started coming, and it came fast. And within a few minutes, it was over the top of kid's head. Within six minutes, it's three feet. Think about it, 12 minutes would be six feet. These people are on a constant run to higher ground. I thought maybe they would move up and camp out today and the water would rise and then they'd move up a little higher. No, that's not the way, that, that's not the way it happened. I wanted, I'm telling you this story to let you know that we serve a massive God that can do anything. That, that See, that's really above our even comprehension that water could come up that fast. This wasn't a flash flood in one area. This was across the whole world at the same time. And people were running for their lives and got me to thinking about in Revelation what the Bible talks uh, in in the times of Revelation. You found it in Luke, I believe, where he talks about that woe unto the the mother who has a child. You're going to want the rocks to fall on you, but they won't. There's a judgment side of God is what I want you to know. There's a judgment side of God that we've never experienced. Praise the Lord. And you don't have to experience it. You and I, we do not have to experience the judgment side of God. That was a judgment. That flood was a judgment. You know, I I read there was about 7 million people on the earth estimated at that time of the flood. And 8 people made it out. Now, I want to tell you there was more room for more than eight people on the ark. People chose not to. So when you go back and, and read this, has nothing to do with my message. I thought it was a cool story. So when you go back and you read when it says, as it was in the days of Noah, think about that a little deeper. We need to start thinking about, these stories in this Bible a little more than what we have been because there's a grace and mercy side of God that we don't know there's equally a side of God of judgment that we don't know praise God we don't have to experience that judgment side amen because there's power in the blood of the cross amen so if you have your Bibles if you will turn with me somewhere and we're going to do a review. Today I'm going to title. let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 first. We'll start there as a review. Uh, I want to talk to you again. Last week I talked to you about a covenant God. This week I want to talk to you about a covenant God, the inheritance. A covenant God, the inheritance. And I'm going to continue this next week So, because uh, I can't get all of this in. But last week we learned that God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. This week, we're going to learn about the inheritance because of the Abrahamic covenant. So, there's two parts to this. Uh, this you're going to learn, and man, this is some amazing stuff. And you say, "Well, I, I've heard of the Abrahamic uh, covenant, but I don't even know where it's at." Well, it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. You can read the blessing, and you can read the curse. Amen. So, you, the whole chapter. So sit down and process it when you read it. So and we'll get to there later on, but I just want you to know where it is. So, um, you know, so as I was preparing for this, the inheritance, how do we get an inheritance? Well, that's one way. You, somebody got to die. But the way you, you get an inheritance, you receive it. You don't do anything for it. You don't sign up for it. You, you don't have a certain job that says, I get an inheritance. If, if an inheritance is given to you, you just receive it. You, you just got to get it. I mean, you got to show up at the reading of everything and say, this is what you have. And then when you realize what you have, then you get to exploring it and looking at You know, someone says, well, I'm, I'm giving you all of my property. You think, well, that sounds pretty good. How much property did this guy have? And you get to looking that he had multiple acres of land and multiple houses and multiple homes. I mean, you think, oh, this is getting pretty good here. This is a good inheritance. But, see, if you just look at, I, I got an inheritance of property. Well, what does that look like? How do you get an inheritance? You, you simply receive it. You've- you're an heir is another way that you can, re- your are a qualifier, if you will, uh, to an inheritance. is You got to be an heir. Somebody got to like you a lot. So if y'all got them old grumpy faces around, nobody likes you, watch out. You may not get nothing when they die. Might give you a little bit to be cheery, a little, little incentive to be cheery, you know. If you don't like your mom and daddy that much, you might start liking them. They may give you something, but they might not give you anything. Come on. You got to, there's a qualifier. You got to be a, an heir. You don't remember the story, the, 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 the board game Monopoly. How many remember that game? How many ever played that all during your Christmas break when you was a kid? <clears throat> Glory to God, that was the best time ever. I learned to cheat really well and steal and stuff. I mean, <laughs> best game ever. But in that game, they had two uh, little cards. One was chance, and the other was community chess. Uh, Ralph, you played a little bit. Community chess. And in there, there was all kinds of things. You'd have to, remember, you'd be broke and it'd say, pay a doctor bill of $50. Remember those? Or or you know, pay dues or insurance premium or something. But there was one card in there that said, receive an inheritance of how much? Does anybody remember? Hundred dollars, man. I'm telling you. Get this guy a monopoly board game, I'm telling you. He played a bunch. You received, what, how did you get that? You were playing the game, there's four people, and you got pe- and you received an inheritance. How? You just looked at the banker and said, I need my hundred bucks. I got the card. It's kind of like when you get an inheritance here on earth from somebody. You say, I got a piece of paper that says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get an inheritance. Typically, what happens well, when you get an inheritance, somebody dies. I just want to come tell you this morning, somebody's already died for your inheritance. So let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. Now, he's living now. We just sang a song about it. And we don't plan our songs, by the way, of my message. But guess what? It was, he's living, but he died. So when he died, guess what? We get an inheritance. Did you know that? An inheritance is something you can use while you live. It's not an inheritance. If you're already dead, you don't know it. Did you know that you are an heir to Christ? Did you know that you're co-heir with Christ? Watch this. So how, number one, how do you become an heir to this covenant with God? We learned last week. You got to be born again. You're not a son or a daughter of God if you're not born again. You got to be born again. You got to be saved. And that is your qualifier to be ready and positioned for the inheritance. See, if my son or daughter had never been born, they don't qualify. They're not here. I don't even know to give it to them. They're going to be disappointed, by the way. (laughs) Glory (laughs) to God. Glory to God. Believe me, every bill I got. Light bill, house bill, all the, you know. But they have to be born. They have to be born from me to say, I'm in it, I'm, they're going to get an inheritance. Amen? And if you're born into Christ, as we read last week in Galatians, we'll read it again. If you're baptized into Christ, guess what? You're a son or a daughter of Christ. You're qualified as an heir. Praise God. That makes me excited, all right? So let's read Galatians 3.26 says this. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. How? Through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many, what was the word that I showed you last week? This is a Greek word. What does it mean? It means whoever. It's the word is hoso, and that word, many, means hoso, and that word simply means whoever. So it says, for whoever of you are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In other words, if you're saved, you're baptized into Christ, you're submersed into Christ, you're saved, you get qualified to be an heir. Praise God. This is good stuff. Now remember this because you got to be in Christ, you got to be born again. Verse 28 says, There's neither Jew nor, um, nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. In other words, there's no difference. He's not when he says men. He's just not talking about to the to the male gender. He's talking about male and female anybody. He's trying to say that there's no Jew, there's no Greek. There's it's all we're all the same here. So if you're born into Christ, you're born into Christ. If you're his son or you're his daughter, you're his son or his daughter. Doesn't matter your ethnicity. Where you where if you were born in the Middle East or born in America or born in Canada, doesn't matter. That's a lovely thing about God. Verse 29 says, "And if you are Christ." born again. Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And I told you last week, now we're still in review, so I'm just getting cranked up. <clears throat> Amen. I like the New Living Translation a little better for verse 29, and it says this. The reason I like it better is because it's more simple. <laughs> How many of you think you're real spiritual and you read something, say, I don't even know what that means. And then you go read like a third grade level and they explain, and you say, oh, man, yeah, I knew that <laughs> I mean, I know y'all don't read the Bible. That's just the way I read it. New Living Translation says this in Galatians 3, 29. And now that you belong to Christ, Uh uh-oh, born again. I'm there. You are the true children of Abraham. Uh Uh-oh. You are his heirs. I'm thinking he wants you to understand that if you're his, you're under Abraham. Now you're an heir. Watch this. It says, and God's promises to Abraham belongs to me. Praise God. It doesn't get any more clear than that. So I, want you to, I wanted you to uh, understand last week that you're in line. If you're born again, you are qualified as an heir to Christ and his stuff and what God has. Amen? So, so how, uh, let, me, let me move on a little bit. So what is the, how do you get the inheritance? You just receive it. See, we get so hung up. Lord, oh, I want you. How do you Just receive him. It's not complicated. God wants you and him to have a relationship. It's just your job to receive it. If I, give, if I go and give Matt a gift of $1,000 I, and I put it in an envelope and I put it on your table and I say, here's a gift for you. And I put gift on the front, $1,000. And you know that it's a gift. You didn't work for it. I just gave it to you. And you can let that sit on your dining table till that stuff deteriorates. And it still says gift. Still in the envelope. Still $1,000. But it doesn't mean anything to you. It can't help you in life if you don't receive it. You must receive and open up the pack and say, there's $1,000 in here then you can do something with it and it'll benefit your life. You agree? Same thing with an inheritance. If you were to inherit something and they would send you a certified uh, mail, a certified letter, and you signed for it and you said, and it said on the front, your father's last will and testament. So oh, I wonder what that is. Huh. You never opened it up and then, Later on, you realize that they read the will six months ago because you forgot about that. You're an heir. But if you don't receive it, it doesn't mean anything to you. You must receive what Christ has done for you. Now, we want to buck up against them and so, say, well, that's not for me. I don't know if God's going to do that for me. I mean, I don't think he can do that for me. You know, God can do that for somebody else, but he can't do it for me. Well, if God can do it for somebody here, he can do it for somebody here. If God can do it yesterday, he can do it today. If he can do it today, he can do it tomorrow. Because he says, I change not. So that's one way. So you, you must receive him. And what was the other thing we just learned? What is the qualifier for the inheritance? You must be born again. You must be an heir. And if you're born again, you are an heir to Christ. So this morning, I want to present to you three passages of Scripture that deal with these topics, sonship, adoption by Christ, heirs and joint heirs. Each one of these pastors' scriptures are going to deal with this. He said, Pastor, you're giving us a lot of information. I want you to get a lot of information so you have a good foundation. So when you've got a good foundation, you can stand firm on it. When the devil comes in, she says, well, I don't think that you're going to get that. I don't think that's really for you. He said, well, wait a minute. I'm an heir. Well, why can't I get it? If I'm an heir, I ought to be able to get it. Come on. Now it's going to be real hard pressed for someone to tell me that when my father and mother pass away, that I'm not an heir. You know why? Because I've seen that little paper, piece of paper that says that I am. I've watched this, come on now. I've sat and talked with my father. I feel the Holy Ghost. And he says, Guess what, son? You're going to have an inheritance. I know for sure it's gonna be hard for somebody to tell me I'm not getting one. You take me to court and say, Well, you ain't gonna get it, he say, Well, hang on. Oh, I'm gonna get one. See, we need to be this established in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that when we talk to him, he says, You're mine. Don't let the devil tell you that you're not mine, you're mine. You've been blood bought. Blood bought. You've been purchased with a price. I own you. You are my possession. You have an inheritance in me. Come on, that's good news. I can give you the opposite of not having an inheritance in Christ. If you're not been blood bought, you ain't gonna like it. You get that inheritance, but that ain't coming from Him. Amen. So in Galatians chapter four. Starting in verse 1, says this. Now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. It's very, very interesting. I'll explain it in a minute. Go to the next one. But it's, uh, uh, next one, please. I'm sorry, verse 2. But he is under guardians and stewards until the uh, time appointed by the Father. In other words, he said, when a kid comes up, look, they can't handle anything. They're just, they're just here. They're they're neither, they're really, they're a son, but like in this uh, instance, it's a spiritual thing. And he says, while you're here, you're, 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 you're just like the slave. But when you get to that appointed time where you can accept Christ in your life, you become an heir. Come on, that's good news. So you accept Christ at the point that you, you become an heir. Verse 3, even so, when we were children, we were in bondage on the elements of the world. You didn't know. You're just there. I mean, I'm not saved. I'm just in bondage to the world. How many have ever been bondage to the world? Come on, how many have been drawn by the sin and just been held there? But when you got to that point where you understood and you say, wait a minute, there's a different way here. And you accept Christ, guess what? I moved from being a slave, like it said in verse 2. I moved from being a slave. Uh-oh, now I'm a child. I'm a child of the king. I have an inheritance now because I've been blood-bought. We've learned that, right? It says, but when the fullness time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Verse 5. To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive, watch this, here's the the adoption as sons. When you get blood-bought, born again, when you say, Lord, come into my heart, I want to make you Lord and Master, you become as an adopted son of God. Praise the Lord. That has a lot more benefits than what you know. I understand adoption greatly. My granddaughter doesn't understand it yet. She will one day. She's going to say, wow, that was so awesome. Understand that now. When she gets old enough to understand it. And that's what this scripture is talking about. When you get old enough where you can receive Christ, guess what? You're redeemed from being under the law, under that curse. Now you're an heir. That makes a whole lot of difference that you can be adopted as a son of God. Verse 6. And because you are sons, now that means or or daughters, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Next verse. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son or daughter. And if a son, what does it say next? Then an heir of God, how? How? Through Christ. See, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Christ was the Son. And we know that he was the S-O-N, the Son of God, right? And he died on a cross. Now, we know that they're the triune Godhead, and this is going to get real confusing, but they're the triune Godhead. They're all in one, but they have separate roles. And so, the, the Jesus was the Son, and he died on a cross. And when he died, he ascended to the right hand of the Father, took his rightful place with the triune Godhead, Right? Amen, you just say yes and we'll explain. That's never the message. You just say yes. How did that happen? But as a son of God, he had an inheritance. And we're going to learn in a little bit that you have an inheritance. And it says here that we are an heir of God through Christ. What does God have? It's only one word you can sum it up with and be even close. There's only one word. What does God have? What does He possess? Everything. I don't know about you, but it sounds like we, we position ourselves in a pretty good place if we're an heir of God and He's got everything. Last week, you know, one of the questions was when I said, uh, when you found out you was an heir, you wanted to ask two questions. Well, who is it and what do they have? Being an heir to somebody who lives on the street ain't that big of a deal. I'm just going to tell you. But now being an heir to a multibillionaire, that's a different thing altogether. Amen. But being an heir to God who has everything. When I say everything, I mean, I mean stronghold breaking power. I mean redemption power. I mean peace when you don't have peace. See, I'm not just talking about stuff. I'm talking about those things that we got to deal with in life. I'm talking about mind power that says, my mind's so confused. And God says, I can give you peace in that. I can unscramble your mess and make it smooth. We're talking about a God that has everything, every power that you will ever need, God possesses it. And I'm an heir. And you're an heir to that. So that means when you're going through that dark time and you can't see the light, God possesses the light. Well, oh, my God, y'all, some of y'all ain't never been, y'all ain't never been where I've been. I'm just telling you. When you've been, when you're depressed, God has peace that'll, that'll come over you and surpass you. He'll confuse your your normal thinking. Man, he says that he has peace that surpasses all understanding. Well, I don't even understand it. This is a God. You're an heir to this. Why do we live depressed, beat up, beat down, strongholds in our lives? We can't ever get. Why do we live there? You're an heir of God. Christ didn't have these issues. Yeah, he was Jesus. Whoa, wait a minute. you're, You're co heir. He said he was tempted with the same things you're tempted with. But he overcame them. I get tempted and I fall. But I need to understand my sonship that I've been adopted in, that I'm an heir of God. I mean move on. Did I read verse seven? I did. Well, let me read it again because it sounds really good, okay? Therefore, you're no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, let's look at, um, let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. I'm not trying to find it. I'm just trying to find a piece of paper in my Bible, okay? Ephesians chapter 1 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. What did he bless you with? Every spiritual blessing. Let me, let me read it again. Okay. Let's do it again. <clears throat> Because some of y'all missed it. Blessed be the God... And Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed Marty with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. I'm in Christ. I am me. Guess what? He said he blessed me with spiritual blessings. Amen. We don't even got to the good stuff, the, the what you would want to call the good stuff, the, the possessions. We're talking about spiritual blessings. He wants you to get your spiritual house in order before he gets your, 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 your secular house in order. In other words, your, your possessions. His number one goal in your life is to get you spiritually connected with him. Then the other stuff will come. We'll talk about that later. Spiritual blessings. Do you know that you, you get spiritual blessings from God if you're in Christ? Well, it don't feel like it, Pastor. I mean, you know, just, I've been going through this for seven years. Have you tried anything different like praying? Fasting? No, but I did buy a slimming mirror. When you combine I need to lose a little weight with I got a problem and I'm going to fast, it's not working. It's not what it's for. Fasting is not for you to lose weight. Fasting is so you can lose some weights. Those weights that the enemy puts on you, that's what fasting is for. To get rid of some stuff in your life because God's given you all spiritual blessings. Amen. Come on, and you're an inheritance. You've got an inheritance of this stuff. This is just too good. This ought to be against the law. Oh, wait a minute. It is against the law. The old law. Come on. Amen. Uh, verse um, Ephesians, three, Ephesians 1, verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us as adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6. To the promise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. That means in Christ. In him we have redemption. What do you have? In who? In Christ. Through his what? Is there any question how you come to Jesus? It's through the redemption. It's by redemption through his blood. For what? The forgiveness of sins according to his riches of his grace in other words to his abundant grace he said look i'm i can save you through my blood that my son shed on the cross if you come to me believe in me that blood will cover your sins because i possess everything and i have enough grace to cover all of your sins no matter what you've done praise the lord i got a pretty good list i don't know about y'all but i bad, bad fact, I, I got a big old list Verse 8, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. That's, what, that's that inheritance. He, he, he pushed it over there on you and said, hey, here it is. He didn't ask for it. He says, here it is. You want it? You got to get in this thing and see what is the testament. What is God's will for your life? It's right here. Last will and testament. He died. Guess what? This is the last thing he said. He hadn't said anything else. Come on, somebody. He hadn't said anything else. This is it. And when he said this, guess what? That Put a period. That's it. If my father dies, look, he's not going to be able to add something to his will and testament. It's done. That's it. He can't add to it. No matter if I want him to add to it or not, he can. It's done. This is already finished. This is complete. This is enough. In all wisdom. Prudence toward who? To to me? Praise God. I'm telling you, this is too good. You got to get a hold of this. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in all, one in all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. What is he talking about there? He's talking about and the fullness of time, look. (laughs) Christ died. There's one part of the fullness of time. Christ died on the cross to make all of this possible. So when he died on the cross, he now sits at the right hand of the Father. There's going to be another fullness of time that he's going to gather all of the earth and all of the heaven together in him. That's in him. Come on, somebody. That means that the raptured church is going to get out of here. That means that those are in heaven. We're going to be united, one with each other. Well, praise God. That's a hallelujah moment. You should be shouting right here. Don't you want to go to heaven? Well, sure we do. That's another inheritance altogether. Oh, man, that's just wow. This thing just gets bigger and bigger when you get to studying inheritance. We ain't even got to the heaven thing yet. Glory to God. Where are we at? Is this where we're at? Vanessa, you're doing awesome. She keeps you right on track. In him we are, we also we have obtained an inheritance. You've done what? Obtained. You've been handed an inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ. How are you going to get qualified to be, a, be, an, inherit, be an heir? Trust in Christ. Blood bought, born again. That we who trust in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. You ought to be so on fire and so excited about God that it brings glory to him. And that he looks at you and says, man, I'm glorying in them. I'm so happy for them. Man, look what they're doing. Man, they're winning. so They're winning people to me. They're talking about me down there. They're worshiping me. Down. They're living a holy and righteous life. Man, that brings me glory. Come on, this is good stuff, church. In verse 13. I got 27 more verses. In, no, I'm kidding. I just want more. In him you also trusted Watch this. Watch now. You also trusted what? After you heard a good self-help book. After you read 10 ways to be successful. 10 ways to move God on your behalf. 10 ways to get yourself healed. No. No, it doesn't say that. After you heard the word of truth, this book, this book first, the gospel of your what? Salvation Salvation means that now I'm an heir. I have come into an inheritance because my salvation is in him because I read the book. Are people reading your book? Are people reading your life and saying, hmm, There's something different about that. I wonder what they got different. Or they're saying, I don't want to be a Christian if i got to be like that. Why would we want to do that? Why are we signing up for that program? We ought to be happy. We ought to be joyous. We get an inheritance of some things I've kind of talked about. We're going to get deeper in this. You get an inheritance. You ought to be happy. Where's your inheritance from? God. What does he have? Class, pay attention. You get everything. That ought to make you excited. You ought to be able to talk to someone who's depressed, who's going through a life trial, and say, guess what? I know someone who can help you, and it's not me. I don't have all the answers, but I know someone who does. I got this book, been around for a little while, called The Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. It's the book for me. Basic instructions before leaving earth. When when do you need this book? While you're living. Not when you get there. You're going to be with the word there. You won't need it there. You're going to be in the word. Here you need the word. You still need to be in the word here. So you can say, what is my inheritance? What does this look like to me? Don't wait for the preacher to preach on it every 12 years. Get in and you can receive it now. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, a promise. I like that. Now, I I do some woodwork. I like this. This is my part right here. And when you take some some type of let's just say polyurethane or epoxy. You work with some epoxy, I think, Doc. When you put epoxy over something, you take a piece of wood and you submerge that into epoxy and you pull it out and you let that dry. It seals that completely. This is what I like. The devil can't get in because you're sealed with this promise of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. You're sealed You're going to go through some things, but until you open up and let him in, guess what? Until you make the crack, he can't get in. I like that. He can't mess with me in the sense of he can't pull me from being saved. I may not feel like I'm saved. I know I'm the only one who feels like that sometimes. You know, I've been saved for, I don't know, I've been saved 150 times, I think, if you look at the Pentecostal definition, I don't know, you know, backsliding and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I've been saved for 40 years, I guess. But I'm here to confess to you today that all of those days in that 40 years, I hadn't felt saved a lot of those. But it's not about how I feel. It says in his word that if I've trusted in him and I believe in him, guess what? I'm saved, I'm redeemed. It doesn't matter how I feel. It matters what he's done on the cross and that I believed it and received it. That's what counts. And so he sealed me. So quit dealing with that stuff. If you're convicted and you're wondering about am I saved, am I always saved, do I backslide? I tell you what, do this. If you'll get right with God and you'll get in his holy word and you'll seek the Lord when sin comes at you and it's conviction, you'll repent of it and you're going to move on. Come on. Praise the Lord. I feel like I'm preaching better than your amen and me. I'm kidding. Romans 8, 14. I'm going to try to hurry. I, I just lied. Lord, forgive me. But I still saved. No. Romans 8, 14 says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, what are they? The sons of God. You're a daughter of God. These are the sons of God, verse uh, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Uh Uh-oh. When you got saved, guess what? You didn't get more law put on you. You didn't get more bondage put on you. You didn't get more condemnation put on you. You didn't get more fear put on you. What would you get? You got free from that. If you're dealing with that, you're free from that. In Christ, you're free. Tell it to hit the road. You need to cut ties with that. Amen. But you receive. here's what you did receive. You received the spirit of adoption. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Spirit of adoption really means you're an heir. Some of you need to understand that you're an heir and quit thinking, oh, that's prosperity preaching. I ain't said anything about money. I ain't said one thing today about money. Oh, I can get there. But I ain't said a thing about money today. Because we got to get the first things first, and then the other stuff will come. But let's get this thing down, that I'm an heir of God. And that these things, i got to, look, I want to live life. I'm living my best life right now. I'm still under 250 pounds. Glory to God. It's always been a life goal of mine, never to get to 250. So far, I'm doing good. Got a few pounds to go. Praise God. But the way I'm going, my increase, I'm going to get there. Okay, I'm, you know, you know, my wife. Can I can I pick on you? Thank you. My wife told me we need to set an example in our church and be healthy. I said, all right, give me another one of them little old bonbon things over we're eating as we're going down the road. <laughs> you, you got any more of them chocolate chip cookies back there? Because we pack. She eating celery sticks and carrots. I said, I don't care what they think about me, baby. I am not their example. Praise God. She's never going on a trip, just me and her, ever again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I wanted to say this, really. Baby, I am an example to them. Most people are fat like me. For you do not receive the spirit of abundance again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, I have a father, verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with your spirit that you are children of God. Come on, this is a spiritual thing. This is not a physical thing. Your spirit's what gets saved, not your physical body. And it's his spirit that bears witness with your spirit that you're saved, not how you feel. Woo! Not how I feel. It's his spirit bears witness with my spirit so that I can throw up my hands when I don't want to because my body says don't do it and my spirit says go ahead and do it because my spirit's bearing witness with his spirit. This is good stuff, church. If we can get a hold of this, we can change Chico County. If we stay the way we are, Chico County will go to hell. Come on, the world is looking for something. They need this inheritance just like you needed it. Just like I needed it. Verse 17. And if children, watch this now. And if children, then what? So you're a child how? Born into Christ. And if I'm born into Christ, then I'm an heir. Heirs of who? I'm not making it up. It's up here. Heirs of God and what? What? Oh, that's a good phrase right there. I'm finishing to read you something. Join heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him. In other words, we go along with him. There are going to be some times they are going to be fun in your life. There will be some ridicule and some back of the devil going to work on you. But if you suffer with him, if you go along with him, that we may also be glorified together. Oh, I don't know what the glory of heaven's going to be like, but it's going to be better than any glory you've ever had here. Two weeks ago, they had the, uh, my b- basketball team I was on in 1983. Yeah, that's 40 years ago. They had a get-together because we won the state championship. Forty years ago, Matt. I'm, I'm not supposed to be that old. <laughs> and they had a get-together and eating, and I was going to go. And I thought, man, this is going to be great. I ended up had the weather couldn't make it. But I know when they got there, because my brother was there. He was on the same team. He was a couple of years older. I was a sophomore. He was a senior. And when they got there, I said, "What? what how was it? He said, it was good. We just talked about stuff, man. He, and he brought up some memories of things. And, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I remember that. And we talked about this. And we talked about our coach and how we'd have to run those things called suicides. Anybody? Do you all still do that in high school or whatever? Do you run suicides? You do? Y'all, 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 oh, praise God. I, I know why they got the name suicide. Because if I had to run today, I'd just commit suicide. Amen? (laughs) And we got talking about all those things. And, and, you know, you always remember that one play that either won the game or lost the game. That one thing. You know what we were doing? We were just bringing back old glory days. We looked at a big old picture, man. I had hair. I was thin. I mean, it looked good, man. I was looking good. It's like, awesome. It's before my wife got me on a diet. And all this, and it was like, wow, I remember that. And you get to thinking about all those things. And that glory will not compare to the glory that when you overcome in Christ while you're walking out your, your life, while you're receiving this inheritance, that glory will not compare to the glory that you will be, have together with Christ. There's something about being an overcomer. When you beat, when you beat the devil up on something, when you beat depression, when you beat anxiety, when you get healed or something, when you get saved, and you say, that's not my old, and you look back on it and say, Man, I'm glad I don't live like that anymore. Man, I'm not scared anymore. Man, I'm not running from that. Man, I'm not sneaking and hiding and peeking from the law anymore. Man, this is good stuff. Amen. Praise the Lord. I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. I'm going to read you something about heirs, because you need to get this. This is why I'm telling you, it's going to take me about three weeks, four weeks to get this stuff in. So joint heirs, this, this phrase, um, joint heirs with Christ, all right, watch, this, this is what it says. <clears throat> it's joint tenants. So in legal terms, we're talking about joint tenants, okay? That's, if you look that up, that's what that would mean, joint tenants. Now here's, and here's the legal definition. Joint tenants, <clears throat> joint tenants each, um, each own half of a property. Tenants in common, two different things, tenants in common can own unequal shares of a property. There can also be tenants in common, whereas joint tenants are usually a married couple. Okay, joint tenants. Um, are are the, is the church the bride of who? Can we say that to, when you got saved, you should be married to Christ? Now, look, I just look. This is a secular thing. This is just what telling you exactly what it is. I'm just putting a spiritual spin on it. Okay, so if you're married, you're a joint tenant. If you're married, you're a joint tenant. If you don't believe it, get divorced and find out. <laughs> after one of the tenants in common dies, their share, now this is tenants in common, after they die, their share of the property goes to the heir or heirs as outlined in their last will and testament. There is no automatic inheritance for the surviving owner or owners as there is with joint tenancy. Okay, keep that. I know it's confusing, but I'm going to explain it. A joint tenant, this is what you are, by the way, with Christ. A joint tenant arrangement is beneficial because it may be, may not be contested by other relatives of the deceased. We read a while ago that you're sealed by what? The Holy Ghost. It cannot be contested what God says I give to you because Christ died on the cross cannot be contested it's a done deal it's his last will and tell. he didn't write anything else Amen. come on somebody take, it says um, to take over ownership of the property in most states the survivor typically must file a death certificate with the office that handles property records In the county in which the property is located. The survivor may also have to file an affidavit declaring themselves to be the surviving joint tenant. I like this because you don't have to file but one time. You just have to confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus died on the cross, and he raised up, and now I make him my Savior. I confess my sins to him. Guess what? That's the only time that I had to file any paperwork. I'm sealed. I'm a joint heir with Christ, and nobody can take it from me. Glory to God. Give him praise. Lord, am I doing okay? It's 12. Y'all ready to go? Okay, give me just a couple more minutes in. I want to mention one more thing about this. Joint tenants. Somebody has to die. I think I'm people make a lap. Some of you older Pentecostals know what I'm talking about. We used to have, get so excited and have a little fit. And we'd run around the church because we are so excited we found some new revelation. Glory to God. This is a revelation. Somebody has to die in joint Tennessee. If for my wife to get what I've got, I got to die. Otherwise, she just got equal portions. Can I tell you that everything God has, somebody's already died, and you already received everything. It's already on your plate. It's already in your inheritance because somebody died. Called Jesus Christ. And he said, Hey, I'll get die and you can have the inheritance. Well, that's a pretty good deal. Oh, glory to God. So how do we know? And I'm closing. Somebody want to come to the piano. Who's here to play the piano? Honey, is that you? Lee, somebody? Dale? Dale comes to play. This ain't going to shut on down. No, I'm kidding. So how do we know, I'm going to get some deep theology on you right here. How do you know you have an inheritance with Christ? Don't overthink this thing. Don't overthink it. The Bible says so. That that settles it. The Bible says so. When I was growing up, my mom would say something it, and it was always spiritual. My mom always, every, I don't care if you picking potatoes, pulling potatoes, digging potatoes, whatever you want to call it. My mom could come up with a spiritual thing about potatoes. <laughs> Churning butter. Some of y'all ain't never turned no butter. I've turned butter and cream. Mama, it's always, if you just be persistent, be faithful, you're going to get butter. What I want you to do is go to the store and buy the butter. <laughs> but I'd ask mom something and, or dad and he'd say, because the Bible says so. I didn't believe they was lying to me, Mike. They'd read the book. The Bible says so. No need for the, uh, for the discussion. The Bible says so. How, how do you know that you have an inheritance with Christ? Because the Bible says so. I've been preaching to you for an hour about the Bible says so. That would be a good, good sermon series when the Bible says so. The Bible says so, and it's our part to receive what the Bible says as truth. Period. The problem is, we live in a society where Google now tells you what truth is. If you want to know something, guess what? All you got to say, Siri or Google. Google, what is this? You hear me out. You quit letting your kids get all the answers from Google. You start getting in this word and say, what does this thing say? Because they're asking questions when you're not in the room on their phones that you have no idea that they're asking. They're asking Google, how do I get saved? I've never asked Google that question, but somebody ought to see what it says. It may be correct. Correct. But if it doesn't say something very similar to you got to be blood-bought, born again, that Jesus came on this earth and was was birthed from a virgin and died on a cross and three days later got up out of a grave and now sits on the right hand of the Father, it is a wrong answer because the Bible didn't say so. The Bible's got to say it and you got to believe it and that's what you stand on. And if you stand on anything else, your inheritance is null and void. Very simple. Give him praise. So how do we know we have an inheritance Christ? The Bible says so. And Ephesians 1.11 says, says this. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. You have in, obtained an inheritance. That's what it says. You have obtained. All right. I uh, just want to read that part of you. Let's go to the, number two. is Ephesians 1.14. How do we know that we have an inheritance with Christ? Anybody ever went to the bank and been a co-signer for someone, a guarantor? When you knew they wasn't going to pay you, you might have thought they were, but the bank didn't think they were going to, and you were a guarantor. You were a signer. Amen? When I go to the bank and borrow something, they want everybody to sign. They want my grandkids to be signing just in case. Watch this. This is what the Bible says about Christ and your inheritance. Verse 14 of of Ephesians. We. Jesus Christ. Can you go to verse 13 too? Do you have it up there? In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14, watch this. Who is the guarantee of your inheritance? Oh, my Lord. You mean I get an inheritance, but there's a guarantee that I'm going to get it? Yeah, called Jesus Christ and he sealed me so I'm guaranteed I'm going to get this inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Christ is your guarantee. Him going to the cross is your guarantee. You're going to get the inheritance. I want you to know that there's no greater guarantor than Jesus Christ. You have a guarantee we have an inheritance in Christ and he is the guarantee we are not subject to Satan contesting for our inheritance as some can in the natural he says he's an accuser of the brethren he accuses me of sin he accuses me of doing But Christ says, wait a minute, I'm his guarantor, and you're a liar. He's been blood-bought. I gave him the last will and testament. I gave it to him. He received it. He's got it. You can't get him. Praise the Lord. This is good stuff, church. Verse 14 still up. Watch this. So I wrote in my notes, how long will he be the guarantor? Because typically, if you're a guarantor, you got a two-year note, three-year note. Most of mine is 22, 24 years. And, and so, you, <laughs> you know, you want the easy, cheap payments, right? It's not how much it costs. What can my payment be? I need to talk to you off. That's the way you all go buy a vehicle. Let me talk to you. That is incorrect. It's not how cheap your payment can be. Come on now. How long? Is Christ going to guarantee me this? This is what we need to know. Mm. Until the redemption of the purchased possession. The Bible says that He purchased you. You've been bought with a price. And when you buy something, you take possession of it, Pam guess what when he bought you when you said yes lord to the lord he bought you and you became his possession and he says i'll be your guarantee until the redemption of the purchased possession what does that mean till you die and get to heaven or till you're raptured out here that's what that means praise god you are forever guaranteed that you're going to have this inheritance of eternal life in christ jesus i don't know about you but that just cranks my tractor that gets me worked up. I mean, if I don't light your fire, Carl, your wood's wet. If you don't get a hold of this, your wood's wet. That leads me to the next thing as I close. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you don't understand what I've been talking about, I don't have a clue understand all this inheritance and and being blood bought and purchased and giving my heart to the Lord. If that's you well you're at the right place at the right time. Today is the day that you can be redeemed from sin. You can be redeemed and the grips of Satan that's got you so wrapped up in your stuff can be released and you can step into a new inheritance. If you don't know him today this God I'm talking about, this inheritance that I'm talking about, it breaks all kind of strongholds. It breaks all kinds of addictions. This stronghold, it'll put marriages back together. Come on, somebody. This thing will set you in a place of eternal happiness and glory if you to die, if you die today. This is the inheritance I'm talking about. Do you want to receive the inheritance? If you don't know him today and you want to receive what I want you to do. I know this is so unorthodox, but see, the the gospel is working. You say, I want to receive this redemptive power. I want to receive the inheritance. I want to receive the bond-breaking power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I want to know that I know that I know down in my knower that I'm going to go to heaven and that I've got an inheritance. If that's you today, I want you to do something real simple. Just get up and come right down here. I want to pray with you. There's no condemnation in this house. We don't have to close our eyes. We do. We don't have to close our eyes. We've all had to make the same walk you've made. We've all taken those long steps, seem like a mile down here. But boy, when we got here, we received the forgiveness and the goodness and the glory of the Lord right here. And that's all you got to do today. I'm telling you, you get up. You start walking this way. There'll be people fall right in behind you and say, I'm with you. I'm with you. Is that you? Church, I'm telling you, the Lord's put a fire in me and we're going to win souls. Because nothing else really matters. We're going to win some souls. We're going to bombard the gates of hell. And say... I think I'll just set up camp right here. Right in front of the gates of hell. Right in the enemy's territory. And say, no, we're we're, going to stand in the way. They may go to hell, but they got to go through us. They may go to hell, but I'm telling you what, they're going to fight us. It's time we get right with God. Corn, is that you today? Do you know him? I mean, do you know him? If you don't know him, please. Well, if they had their eyes closed, if we could dim the lights, if we could do this and a different song, it might make, oh, it move me. No, if this gospel don't move you, you ain't gonna be moved. This word is not enough. The music, it can't be beautiful enough. The lights can't be low enough. There can't be enough a presence here of the ambiance here, in other words, to get you to be saved. It is this gospel that'll set you free. Nothing wrong with those other things. Now, don't get me wrong. Next week, I'm gonna do the, I might dim them and do all that and have you close your eyes and stand under you, get on your, your pew. I don't know. I'm just telling you, this gospel is enough. Amen? Is there anybody in this building? I need all my saints praying. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I preach your word to the best of this old boy's ability. Lord, I know you know this, but it has nothing to do with my ability. It has to do everything with your word. So Lord, if there's someone here today that does not know you as their Savior, that has not stepped in From a position of no inheritance to an inheritance. Father, I pray that, I pray your word, that you draw them to you. Pastor, I'm saved, but I'm still... I haven't realized that I've got an inheritance and I'm still struggling with a lot of things in my life. I received it, that inheritance, but I never opened this thing up to really see what it says, to really know that what what I'm guaranteed as an inheritance. I'm still struggling with a lot of things in my life. I'm saved. I believe I'm saved, but I'm struggling. I'm struggling with pornography. Pornography. I'm struggling with, in my marriage I'm struggling with alcohol or struggling with prescription drugs or struggling with my anger I'm struggling with my joy I'm struggling I know I'm saved but I'm struggling I too struggle nothing to be ashamed about if you struggle with things but praise God you have an inheritance from a guarantor that says I got what you need I got what you need I am what you need. I am the I am. I am the great I am. I am the alpha and the omega. I am everything you need. Say, Pastor, I need prayer. I need prayer. I need prayer. Slip up your hand. I need prayer. I'm struggling. I need prayer. I need prayer. Is there anyone in this house that needs prayer this morning? Oh, thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Father, you see our hearts. Father, I know within my spirit, I know within my intellect that not everybody in this room is free from struggle. I know that. So, Father, I pray because Jesus is their guarantor Lord that you would you help them in their situation oh spirit of embarrassment I bind you in the name of Jesus spirit of condemnation I bind you in the name of Jesus I lose freedom the spirit of freedom in this house The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I I declare there's going to be freedom in this house that we're going to be able to step into our inheritance, that we're going to be able to step into those things that God has for us. And that is not a spirit of fear. That is not a bondage. That is not of addiction. That is not of those things. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. I pray those things. Enemy unhand your your puppets, unhand them in the name of Jesus. Let a spirit of freedom come into this house and remain in this house. Lord, as people come into here to get saved, Lord, as they come in here and they're looking to how to break bondage, Lord, I pray a spirit of freedom that there'll be no condemnation. You didn't come to condemn the world. You come to save us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I love you. I pray you have gotten something today from this word. Next week, I'm going to continue on in this inheritance, and you're going to be surprised. You're surprised today because when you speak about inheritance, most people say, mm-hmm, hmm He's going to take up an offering. He's going to talk about how I'm supposed to be blessed and, and have plenty. Oh, that's there too. Don't get me wrong. That's there. Come on, somebody. That's there too. We all get tight in the church. We all to be broke and poured and beat up, beat down. Well, you go to live like that if you want to. That's not what, that ain't what my inheritance is. Come on. We're gonna we're gonna work on some of that, Amen. Are y'all enjoying this little series? You good? All right. Let me bless you before we leave. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that Lord, as we leave this place, Lord, we find our rightful position in the in the inheritance. Lord, I pray as we leave here, that you keep us safe. Lord, that we would find increase and prosperity. We'd get job promotions. Lord, there would be some things mended in our lives. Lord, we would come into a true revelation of your word. Lord, I pray a blessing on that area. Lord, that you would bless our homes. Peace would rest upon our rooftops. And sweet sleep would come into our souls. In Jesus' name. And everyone says amen and amen.